G'day sports, you're just in time. We're about to chat a good old Aussie movie to see whether it's actually Ripper and certified fair dinkum or a cactus full of bloody drongos. So, stubbies at the ready, I'm Rob and I'm here with my two dead set larrikin blokes, Simon and James. How are you boys? Oh, such a good impression. (laughs) That's our listenership in Australia gone. (laughs) Goodbye, Southern Hemisphere. (laughs) Um, That was really good. I'm so sorry, but that was so satisfying. I bet it was. Oh, it was lovely. I enjoyed that. Uh, How are you, lads? Uh, Have you had a nice week? Yes, very good. Although I've hurt hurt myself. I went to the gym the other night and I've hurt one of my man breasts. It's... (laughs) Feeling very tender. What did you? What were you doing? I was I was benching too much than I should have because I haven't been for a little while. So I just went straight steaming back in for what I used to lift. Essentially, ah. I went straight back in, and plus I was intimidated by all the guys there who were like fifteen years younger than me and looking in absolute peak physical condition. <laughs> I felt like I'm. I felt like Paulie when he was watching Rocky working out for fighting. <laughs> the like, what am I doing here? I wish I was at home with my big sex robot. <laughs> That's poorly, not me. I don't have a big sex robot. No, I, I love, um, you know, those guys in the gym that you're talking about. They're clearly, you know, the ones who, three reps, Instagram photo. Three reps, Instagram photo. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Instagramming going on. See, what is going on with people? I don't understand that. I'm just trying not to have a heart attack. Like, I don't know how to find the composure for it. <laughs> I haven't been to the gym for a long while. I don't, I don't know any of this. What's happening? <laughs> uh, no, you don't get any. I was at the boxing gym this morning. You don't get any time for Instagram at the boxing gym because you'll get punched right in the face. So that solves that one. No time for any of that. Um, I was thinking actually this, this week, boys, you know, like we've not seen each other in a little while. Um, and we, we record the, pa- the pod remotely. Um, and then I was thinking about, like, what would we do? It, let's get together and have a dinner party. And I thought that'd be amazing. But then I thought, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we each one of us got to invite one movie character in history of cinema that we could have with us? And he's our guest or she's our guest, and you've got to, you know, like, who would you invite? And think about it because the dynamics got to be quite careful here. You can't just have a, you know... A load of randomers coming on. What? Who would you have? I mean, like, because obviously, if I had Steven Seagal over, which would be probably my initial choice, you guys would walk out before the the starters. So. <laughs> which Steven Seagal is it? Because we could have under siege Seagal cooking the dinner, and then he's like a bonus. Ah, oh, can he be the chef? Can we have him as a bonus character, the chef? Catering by Casey Ryback. Lovely. <laughs> a lovely little food truck. And it was um. What did he make? He made a bouillabaisse. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have the main course will be um, Boulia Bays by Casey Ryback. I don't want to come to this dinner <laughs> He's just a lowly cook, James. What can go wrong? He's just a lowly cook. Is it so? It's, it's characters, not act, an actual characters. Character, yeah, characters. Not an, not an I want to know what characters you'd have here because I, I think I quite like um, Mads Mickelson's interpretation of Hannibal um, <laughs> because. Of his one a... sartor- sartorial elegance, he's absolutely he's, he's magnetic, isn't he? And um, also, he'd know everything about the food, you know, especially, you know, I'd love to see <laughs> Hannibal and Casey Ryback, you know, arguing over the quality of the bouillabaisse. <laughs> <laughs> then Hannibal eating Casey Ryback would be lovely. Yes, that's what we want. That's, that's exactly that's what after I'm a quick after knife fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go for uh, Ron Burgundy. 
Oh, okay. that would be amazing. <laughs> For the knowledge and the lols. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a winning combination. So we've got Hannibal and Ron Burgundy. This is a great dinner party. Because I can imagine what Hannibal. Meeting like... of the minds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Casey. Hey, Casey. This is a fad, boy, you bees. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a reminds me of a uh, a roadkill incident where I I hit a deer and its innards spilled like like this boulia base and then you've got Hannibal on the other side getting excited about this but he'd know more than anyone else at the table That's he would he knows how to get some flavour and some meat poor <laughs> so Hannibal <laughs> I can't even say his name without laughing Ron Burgundy. And James, who's who's rounding off? Let's just be clear, Ryback's been shoved in his staff, basically. He's not allowed to come out. <laughs> yeah, Ryback's sha- yeah, Ryback's pure staff. He could, right? co- he could come at the end where we've enjoyed the food yeah. and we can chat over a cigar or something. Yeah, know. yeah. Or, or if you, if um, Hannibal wants to berate him for his cooking skills, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, asking for the chef. Can the chef come out, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ryback's staff slash entertainment when he has a quick knife fight with Hannibal. As well, <laughs> in between courses, perhaps. yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. I like your two picks, but they're not loose cannon enough for me. <laughs> not loose cannon enough. They're not just going to be. They're not just going to suddenly explode or massively have to leave the table and deal with an emergency or just be completely dialed up to eleven for the whole time. So you know, sometimes when everyone's getting a bit full, need someone to bring the energy back up. So for that reason, I am going for Lieutenant Vincent Hanna from Heat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brilliant dinner party. <laughs> give me what you got, right back. Get in the kitchen and give me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> that, this has come together so much better than I hoped for. You know, I knew you guys wouldn't let me down. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's good. It is a bit of a sausage fest, but you know, I don't think any well-respected woman. Would <laughs> I don't think she'd want to be there for this. this um, I mean, this is um, what do they call it—a measuring contest? This would quickly get into a measuring contest, wouldn't it? Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus all the tense um, philosophical conversations that uh, that Hannah's going to get started over the uh, after-meal coffee. You know, where he tries to <laughs> yeah. understand the two guys across from him. Why he is the way that he is. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to think of the backstory here that Hannah is like, Hannah's on been on the trail of Hannibal for ages. And Hannibal is like, you know, um, there's a standoff. And then Burgundy's just the idiot in between who's ruining the occasion. <laughs> like, have you tried this wine? <laughs> Tastes yeah. like real blood. <laughs> like proper real blood. <laughs> he would literally be just going every five minutes. Boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. That really got out of hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Vincent, are, are you okay, Vincent? I mean, you, you seem like you've, you might have been on some prescription medication before you arrived here, Vincent. <laughs> Let me tell you, Ron, I've come from a crime scene where some asshole has stuffed his baby in a microwave because it wouldn't stop screaming. <laughs> so let me share that with you. And, uh, and that's all, all we can really hope that Casey Ryback's not doing in the kitchen right then. <laughs> there could be anything in that bully base. Let's be they're honest. They're coming, they're coming. No one wants a taste of Ryback's bully base. I enjoy- Thank you, lads. Now, um, so invitations are out in the post. Look forward to um, getting your RSVPs. Uh, have, you, have you watched anything this week that you want to shout about? Oh, I think I watched the most Rob film I've ever seen, ever. Oh, yo, tell me. 
Have you seen They Live, Rob, the John, Car- John Carpenter film? No, I actually I haven't. It's the Rowdy Roddy Piper one, isn't it? Um, with the oh, sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is all double, double denim, ven- uh, violence Whoa. and wrestling. Like, it's ticking <laughs> every single box for you. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely batshit and depressingly timely also, but it contains the greatest street fight ever committed to film. It goes on for about 20 minutes. Like, it's amazing. I'm digging this. I think I do take the recommendation seriously unless they sound too... Um, too good. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, don't let's study them. Um, but uh, so yeah, I would definitely check this out. Sai, what have you uh, you seen anything you uh, you particularly want to note? Uh, I've only uh, I've only watched that uh, I Am Mother this week, which was uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. That's a Netflix movie, is it, with Hilary Swank? It is. Ah. Yeah, it's on, it's on Netflix with with Hilary Swank. Right, that is not. Exactly. <laughs> that is yeah. not. That is not. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Two-time um, Oscar winner Hillary's Wank. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it, it's good. It's a good. It, it, it's got. It, yeah, it's good. Nice. <laughs> it's got nice production design. Liked it. it was all right. Cool. Uh, no, I only managed to watch um, episode one, season one of the X Files, the pilot episode this week. Does it hold up? Does it hold up? Oh, I'm really interested to know. Does it hold up? It is gorgeous. Oh. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I love that little typography at the bottom, like which always says something like Wisconsin, five a.m. I love that stuff. So easily pleased. I know, yeah. I got excited by a font. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, this week is a first for us. Um, and we're really excited about it, actually. Although, is it just me? Are we all excited? I- I'm very excited. I'm excited. Actually, to, to I'm, I'm trepidatious. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm so confused. What's <laughs> totally lost. I'm so excited because I didn't realise anyone was actually listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It, all that stuff we've been saying is out in the, the societal ether these days. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a listener choice this week for the first time. So we um, a few weeks back, we had a, um, an email from Drew Henderson, and he suggested, um, he's in, been enjoying the pod, so big shout out to Drew. Thanks very much for listening. He suggested we should watch the 2007 Australian movie Rogue. Never heard of it. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. That was my first expression, uh, my first opinion. Never heard of it. Seriously. Ah, it's br- brilliant. Well, I asked uh, Drew why he, you know, why he thought this would be one for us, and he said um, he loves big monster movies, um, and this one really stood out for him as a cracking effort. Um, he was disappointed to learn it cost so much to make, but even more disappointed that it didn't come close to breaking even. Now, James, I assume you're going to step in with the figures in a little bit. Yeah. He thinks it's a hidden gem amid the big various pile of poo. This is his words. That is the big monster movie genre and he hopes it's as good as he remembers he hasn't watched it for a while but he he asserts that if lake placid as a personality had a tyler durden that tyler durden would be rogue nice interesting nice yeah my word i like that i like that um so yeah rogue I'm supposed to catch uh, boat crews from here. So one of the rules of my tour is that you have only one chance to complain about the heat and the flies. I'm a travel writer for a magazine. How long are you out here anyway? Oh, just a few days. Alice Springs after this, then home. Where's that? Chicago. Yeah, saltwater crocodile. It's probably the most dangerous member of the crocodilian family. So they can swim underwater at up to 20 miles an hour without making a ripple on the surface. And they can burst out to attack with incredible speed. Don't worry, man, we're perfectly safe on this boat. They won't attack anything bigger than they are. How big is this boat? Big enough. 
this is a bloody tidal river. Well, that's how high the tide will be when it comes in. I am getting in the water. Yeah. I'm going to swim across real quiet. It's an animal out there and it's, it's hunting us. So, boys, do, how does this qualify, do you think? I mean, I, I think it does. Yes, it absolutely does. I mean, it's certainly not uh, from a critical reception. I mean, it, to be fair, it's kind of hard to get hold of uh, some reviews because it's an Australian movie. Um, I thought it would have made a bigger splash than it actually did, to be fair, being from the director of um, Wolf Creek. Is it the guy who did Wolf Creek? Yeah, yeah. Was it a Greg McLean, is it? Yes. Is it Greg McLean? Yeah. Our sort of one half of our criteria is uh, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic scores. Metacritic only has one review on there, which is from Variety, uh, and that gives it three stars. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is down as 100%. Wow. It is only from about 13. It's a handful of reviews. um, And then the audience on Rotten Tomatoes is 53%. So it wouldn't qualify from that standpoint. So I assume it would be from a... Well, I've never even heard of it. So it must be from a a box office standpoint how it qualifies for this. It's quite indicative for me that you guys hadn't heard of it because this could be a first on the pod as well that I'd actually heard of a film that you guys hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'd also seen it. To make it even more, you know, so I'm, I'm, it's a home run for me this week. So budgetary then, James, what, what did it do? Budget and box office, sorry. Yeah, um, so the numbers uh, are not good, Rob. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's not gone well for, <laughs> for the big old Jock the Croc on this particular occasion. <laughs> so apparently, I thought this was like a little independent film, but apparently it cost 26 uh, million Australian dollars. Oh. And then worldwide only grossed 4,613,000. Ow. So I, had, I did some quick sums and 26 million Australian is about 18 million US. So this tanked. I mean, this absolutely yeah. tanked. It literally went into a death roll. It grabbed the, the <laughs> company, the distribution Oh, God, there's metaphors. <laughs> Scrambling it to so pieces. Yeah. See it out, see it out. <laughs> Basically, it, it, it shit the bed. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a, a case of like um, the the difficult second album? Because obviously Greg McLean, as as we briefly mentioned, did Wolf Creek, which was was one million dollar budget, yeah, and did really well. Oh and yeah, was never like, thought about it like this. Definitely made its way over here and to America, and that was two years before. So they'd obviously gone, oh, this guy can write and because he wrote wrote and directed Wolf Creek, and I think he wrote and directed this yeah, as he's well, making yeah. the tea and everything on this. He's done everything. 
<laughs> yeah, they they just threw all all the money at him to do another one, and he's like maybe just been like, oh fuck, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and then this is you know he, he he went to Universal Studios and went on the Jaws ride, and then wrote a film based on. That, <laughs> I'll do that with a big snappy croc, big snappy croc. <laughs> There is going to be so much of that accent because it's so hard not to do. Now, you know, once you've done it once, it's like a, a favourite glove you find in a drawer. <laughs> I think I might have found a reason, though, the why it didn't do too hot at the box office. Uh, and I don't, it came out quite late in the year, this, like, so like oh, November, right. uh, December time. During that period, there was not one, but two other crocodile movies re- <laughs> released oh, in really? 2007. Yeah, one called Blackwater and another one called Primeval. So maybe just the cinema-going public were just like, oh dear, this is this whole <laughs> Armageddon Deep Impact crocodile movie thing is just not happening for me. <laughs> like, no way! Was it, wasn't one of them Australian yeah, as well? Yeah. So there was like, yeah. God, what uh but I think I think the title, like for me, it's the title. I am as basic as it sounds. The name Rogue to me says a spy thriller, yeah, or a weird action film, or something like that. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, there's no correlation for me whatsoever with the name Rogue and what the film I just watched. I don't know if you can you can because I'm a, I'm a bit stupid so I don't know. No, if you no, not at all. I, I think I think that makes sense I, because I think that's a reason. I think that would make sense. Um, as and in other um, you know, especially in the English speaking world, it being called rogue, um, I don't think has helped it. But um, in Turkey, it was called crocodile outside the river. Now we know what the movie's about. <laughs> also, massive spoilers for the third act. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> the turkey, the Turkish love a good spoiler. They they love the movie to be ruined before they get in a multiplayer. <laughs> um, in, yeah, in Serbian it was called Horror from the River. In uh, France it was called Solitaire, which I think means just like solitary or alone but i don't know i'd have to check that and that's probably even worse again spy thriller yeah yeah spy thriller. Um, in in uh, but i think in greece they nailed it best with um crocodile uh in, with an exclamation point on the end <laughs> <laughs> now we know that what we're works. talking about that's better yeah that works, works, that works. we're not arguing there yeah no it's interesting because it, um, those numbers are not great but the, and there's there is some you know star wattage in this movie there's definitely some recognisable faces. Definitely. Not necessarily from, at the time, the movie world. I mean, there are a few people who've gone on to do big things, like one in particular being uh, Mia Wasikowska, yeah. who has now become one of the best young actresses in absolutely. the whole industry. She's she's absolutely brilliant. And I, I guess this was one of her first... Yeah, sort I think of big, it was, yeah. Because she, she, she is Australian, yeah. isn't she? She is, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's one of her early ones. This was pre-Avatar Sam Worthington. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. After this, he went on to Terminator Salvation and Avatar. Like, I've had enough of them crocs. I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> because, so Cameron, because Cameron spotted him and then cast him for Avatar before the Terminator film, I think. And then... yes. Was it from on the basis of this, or was it something else? Because he's not in it very long. I think he, <laughs> no, he, um, he done I, a, a Macbeth, I think, which probably seems to be the one that he right, gets the right. most. I uh, right, do Shakespeare. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do Shakespeare. Ah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Didn't, didn't know that. 
Yeah, no, Michael Vartan is from uh, Alias. He do, he's like a US TV. He isn't is, he? So yeah. He's on Alias and stuff like that. And in Never Been Kissed as well. Yes. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, I knew there was a Drew Barrymore film. Yeah. I remember what it was. Gorgeous Michael Vartan. I know him best as uh, Dr. Burke's son in Friends. Um, and he's in one episode where Monica has to go to the eye doctor. Is. And. Um, and Dr. Burke's yes. son decides that he's going to come round for Thanksgiving. But it sounds like they settle for a porno. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally forgot it, he was in it, that. But that's why that's why he's so record... Like, I know it sounds... But me, as my basic TV knowledge, is that's why he's so recognisable, because he was in one episode of Friends. Which I've seen four episode times. Like, <laughs> I've no, yeah, no doubt seen about 80 times. That's why he's so recognisable. But then they're also the... the the tour guide. Radha Mitchell. Radha Mitchell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's nice. Yeah, really good. She was in Silent Hill, which I think is one, one of the most underrated movies going. Yeah. Especially, you know when they always say like video game adaptations are always universally terrible? Mm. For me, Silent Hill is still the best. Well, the second best one. Mortal Kombat is the best one. Oh, without a doubt. Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat! Fucking brilliant, that film. But yeah, the second one for me is Silent Hill. She was in Silent Hill. Silent Hill is amazing. I'm huge fan of the games. Um, so yeah, when I when I saw this and and she popped up, I was like, oh yes, nice. I'm into this. I'm invested yeah. already because she was in it. Yeah, but she's good. I know her best from uh, Man on Fire and Pitch Black. To be honest, yes, I'm the same. Did you, James? Yeah, so yeah. Pitch Black. I, I I wasn't really into Pitch Black. I, again, I I preferred the video games. The video games of oh, they're so the good. Yeah, yeah. Are so good. The video games of yeah. what? So the Pitch Black world. Yeah, Riddick. They made two video games. Two. Of yeah, they're Did amazing. They? Amazing games. And oh, just, didn't know this at all. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, really, really. It's, it's like the escape from... You're in prison. It's like the escape from Butcher Bay or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're and in prison. And then there's another one who, which titles escapes me, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they're both fantastic games. Cool. Did And I haven't seen... Um, what was the other film you said? <laughs> I forgot what the other film was. <laughs> yeah, Man on uh, Fire with Denzel. Man on Fire, Fire, yeah. Haven't seen it. Oh. What? Seen it. That Yo. needs rectifying. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And it does. this might be the pod to do it. It could well be. It could well be. We'll have to see if it qualifies, but yeah. It does. Yeah. I've already had a look. I have a list as long as my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be our Tony Scott debut as well, wouldn't it? Possibly. Possibly. Oh, is we'll it a Tony Scott we'll film as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's ace, mate. It's so good. It, it, it is really good. Really good. I was flabbergasted. Anyway, let's talk about this film. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so uh, yeah. long. how did... Uh, how did the um, the movie going public take to it? You know, like, um, we know that the critics were few and far between. And I actually don't... I, I think 13 positive reviews on, on, Met, on uh, sorry, Rotten Tomatoes isn't to be sniffed at at all, actually. Because I think that... Oh, no, it's... The, yeah. It, uh, not to be sniffed at, but it's just, it's just because it's, not it's a like... Big, it's, ha- yeah. it's hard to get that sort of reliable sort of overall picture into it yeah it, it hasn't pulled in that many sort of reviews from people i tried to find like an empire review or a total film review i'm sure they're knocking about somewhere but they're not on the internet you know this was over 10 years ago so yeah yeah they're obviously you know i haven't had a subscription for empire for the last 20 years i couldn't just go to the loft and whip out <laughs> issue 520 and, and 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 see the the back end of the review section for a, a review of it but in terms of the 
the cinema going public, it is quite middling. It's all kind of three stars. Yeah. Letterbox yeah. has Letterbox has got it as two point nine. IMDb has got it as uh, six point nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sorry, six point two even. So it's quite. It's even lower than that. It's not a sort of underground cult film. No. I feel it, it is worth looking at again. So, um, yeah, I'm glad uh, Drew has suggested this. I'd never heard of it. I'd never seen it before. Yeah, no, it's a real treat. Yeah, I'm glad uh, it, it came to me via this pod. It, it's, it's quite... It's quite poetic. It's, well, you know, you it's the gift that keeps on giving, quite literally. Did uh, So, am I getting from that that you guys are quite positive about the movie? Well, we'll get into that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm glad I, like, I watched it. I'm glad I. Watched I'm glad it. I watched it. Um, and you know, I'd n- I'd never heard of it before, so I'm always into just watching something that someone recommends that I've got no expectations yeah. going into and don't know what to expect at all, other than having a quick look through who's in it and who it was directed by. I was quite trepidatious going in actually, because uh, when I saw that it was directed by Greg McLean. Um, I was pretty terrified, yeah. to be honest, because I'd watched Wolf Creek when I was at university, and it scared the living shit out of me. Oh, it's horrendous, like, that I movie. I soiled my unders. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, uh, or oh, your kecks. <laughs> any aspirations that I might have had of ever going backpacking were squashed by that movie. Like, <laughs> I am not getting murdered in the outbreak. Not a chance. No way. <laughs> I, I think um, I think a lot of people could say that because that was one effective movie, wasn't it, Wolf Creek? Oh yeah, yeah, and he's in it as well. Um, yeah, what do we call it? Um, is what's oh, his name, John uh, Jarrett? John Jarrett, who plays Mick Taylor in that movie. Yeah, I didn't recognise him under his uh, porn stash and stuffing. Like he, he yeah, he's uh, got a fat suit on and everything. Yeah, yeah, he's bloody terrifying in Wolf yeah. Creek. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's great. Great movie. Again, haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. So Mate, I uh, well, I know you're, um, but you're not a fan of your slasher stuff, are you, Sai? Or, or no, uh, I not mean, really. I don't. I'm well, mainly because I'm too scared. No, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm completely honest. Well. I'm the same. Really it's scary. scary as hell because it's because it's real. Yeah, I always say it's. Uh, oh yeah, I don't, I don't like this gore. It's 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 all um, it's all, it's beneath me. It's not. It's just because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing with Wolf Creek was, and this to an extent, is that um, th- this isn't the supernatural coming to get you. This is like very, in Wolf Creek's case, a real life maniac, and those stories they're based on real stories as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, which is just absolutely horrendous. And it doesn't surprise me either because Australia sounds like the scariest place. <laughs> I'd, last, I'd last a day in Australia. <laughs> you know, like they had to, where they had to, they, they banned an episode of Peppa Pig because in the episode they say that spiders are okay. And the Australians were like, no, no, we gotta, you, you, you gotta dip that in the bud. They kill you. They will fucking kill you. <laughs> So they banned an episode of this Peppa Pig where they're like, don't be scared of spiders, they're fine. It's like, yeah, in England where they're really tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't have they don't have a, a milligram of venom going through them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Australia would, uh, I think I'd get off the plane and then immediately just have a panic attack or something. Just wouldn't leave the airport. Yeah, Simon curled up on the tarmac, just shaking along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just take me to Ramsey Street. I just want to go there. <laughs> well, apparently there is um, some Neighbours alumni in the in Rogue as well. Is there? Because I, I was disappointed Dr. Carl Kennedy wasn't in it. Oh, could I was you like, imagine? I would, lo- could you would imagine? have loved to have seen Dr. K in there with his guitar, from his <laughs> uh, singing some hits from his band, The Waiting Room. 
Honestly, he True is story. he's box office, that guy. <laughs> this this film would not have struggled. We wouldn't be able to talk about it if Carl Kennedy was in it. No, but what we they, did get they was we made loads of money. No, we got we <laughs> apparently I, I, we got Gary from Neighbours um in uh in this who really gets to stretch his acting muscles because he gets to swear in this one. So, you know, <laughs> who, <laughs> exciting. Who is he? Who is he? Cuz I didn't recognize any Neighbours alumni. So, who which character is he? Oh, um I <laughs> This was a, a listener assistance. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who, I haven't watched, watched Neighbours in years, but I I, I don't know that is the answer. But I know it wasn't one of the main guys. I haven't watched Neighbours since uni when uh, it was classed as a good day at university when you managed to catch both the lunchtime and the six o'clock screenings <laughs> of the, the same Neighbours episode. Seriously, anyone, anyone who's in their early 30s in the UK will get that. They will understand that 100%. Yeah. And then you were dead lucky because didn't The Simpsons start at six as well? Yeah. So you'd watch that, The Simpsons. Then Hollyoaks. Then Hollyoaks. Hollyoaks is on. And then you'd watch Hollyoaks, like Channel 4 Plus 1, or E4 and watch the next Hollyoaks. Exactly. I mean, you're missing out a cheeky countdown session as well at four o'clock. You are. You are. You are. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You watch the countdown session. And then during all this, you're drinking one pound ninety. Uh, bottles of hock from Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we used to it was get, more of a uh, Lamborghini, man. Yeah. Oh no, we're well, not even Lamvino. Couldn't afford Lamborghini, <laughs> you flash bastard. We used to get Lamvino from the spa. It's, it sounds like a, a niche curry you'd get from a dodgy curry house. I love the you know the Lamvino, please. <laughs> Non-bread Lamvino. That Lambrino was the cheap Lambrini from uh, Spa. <laughs> we used to get. We once invited all our all our people on our course. This was because um, I went to university twice actually. So um, you guys, I met you guys at my second stint. But on my first stint, I invited uh, everyone on the course round uh, with the help of a mate called Dennis. Dennis, if you're listening, you'll know this. Uh, and um, so everyone came round, um, and we said told them to dress up because it was going to be a cocktail party, you know, a champagne reception. Everyone came in tuxes and ball gowns, and we served one pound twenty nine poire superior, <laughs> which was like just some fizzy perry <laughs> from you know. And it was balloon on. Get the balloon one on <laughs> hell of a night. So poire superior, they could be our new sponsors. Oh yes, we haven't had one for a while. Yeah, pot noodle past. Bastards. Yeah. I think Greg's still for, waiting to hear. For your reconsideration, <laughs> powered by Poire Superior. <laughs> such a got a, such a great ring to it. <laughs> powered by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be. It would be. Um so should we dip into the film a little bit here? Oh yes, certainly. Before we get going, if anyone would like to discover Rogue, as we have on the pod, we're going to get into some spoilers now. So if you want to watch it first, it is, or it was, streaming on Amazon Prime Video when we recorded this episode. So if you have that subscription service, you can watch it as part of your monthly membership and uh, understand what the hell we're going to be talking about for the next 40 minutes or so. (laughs) And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. It's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> uh, talk to me, boys. How does this movie open? There's glorious landscape photography of the outback, and then a big fucking buffalo gets dragged into the water by a massive crocodile. Yes. Yeah. All it's missing is uh, David Attenborough's soothing vocals over the top, which, Rob, you could actually have provided. Here we are in the most dangerous place on the planet. 
Australia. (laughs) (laughs) And then suddenly we're in that little, lovely little outback stuff. You've got those lovely, you know, you know you're in an Aussie outback movie when there's the didgeridoo stuff going on. Like, love it. The photography at this point is pretty damn good. Oh, it's brilliant. It's gorgeous. It looks like a BBC documentary in parts. It's just like really well shot. Oh, the scenery looks amazing. Like it's shot by this guy called Will Gibson. Uh, He also shot Wolf Creek. Unfortunately, this is Will's last credit as he died in March of 2007 before the movie was even released. No way. He did a great job. Those uh, those scenery shots are gorgeous. Really did. Yeah, and he goes from um, maximum with the landscape vistas to micro, oh, sorry, macro even with, you know, like um, close-ups of little, like, crickets' faces and stuff like that. You know, you got a really crickets big blade. Crickets' faces. You did. <laughs> Do you not remember the little crickets' face? Get that camera out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, honestly, the cricket was so in close-up, you could tell whether it was smiling. <laughs> it was delighted. Yeah, it's really, really, really beautiful. The photography really is, isn't it? Opening like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's lovely. And we're with uh, we're with Michael Vartan, aren't we? Uh, yeah, who's, who's w- a waiting to get a? Well, he's um he's a travel writer. Oh, he is a travel writer. Yes. Yeah, he's not he's really, a, is he? He's like he... a TripAdvisor reviewer, like because this tour that they're going on is just a basic tourist trap sort of trip down the <laughs> river, isn't it? It's like it's like a theme park ride essentially. Yes. Is Michael Vartan the most vacuous lead we've had in the movie so far? In the in the movie or in the pod? In the pod, yeah, yeah. Out of the mo- movies that we've covered, is he the most vacuous leading man we've had? No! Oh, bless you, Vartan. I love his little earnest face. You know, again, I keep talking about that when I'm watching, when we talk about the movies, but I love it if someone looks really honest with their eyes, and he does look like that. I didn't. I didn't really know why he was, um, what his job was. So, James, you know, like, as you were saying, like, is... I don't know why he's there. I mean, he's not dressed appropriately whatsoever for right. for this event. So the airline loses his bag and he's just wearing the clothes that he's travelled in, which happens to be a suit, right? He's flying from Chicago. Who goes on a long-haul flight in a bloody three-piece suit to Australia? <laughs> <laughs> there was no waistcoat, James. It wasn't a three-piece suit. <laughs> well, no, he took it off. He took it off. He might have just come from a wedding. He might have been really busy and he had his yeah. next wedding and he was like, I really don't want to miss this trip. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to defend Varta because I liked him. If he was like a Michael Palin type. I mean, he's not Michael Palin, is he? He's like being shoved, he's being shoved in economy with the rest of the rabble, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's not reclining in business class, Ella. Uh, Alar Inception, right? He's he's in the back with the rest of us, yeah, and he's in a suit and he's all crumpled and he's all hot when he gets to the outback and it's all his own fault. Get some jeans and a t-shirt on or even some shorts. It's Australia. It's hot. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I I'm gonna I, I liked him, but I totally understand all those quibbles with his character. <laughs> Definitely, I, I like because I think he's an earnest guy and I like that. I like I like um he's a good looking fella, but he's not like. Um, impossibly good looking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I kind of relate to him a like a bit. Chris Hemsworth, sort of. Yeah, thing, he's so. not absurdly yeah. good looking that, like, well, he'd never be in this scenario. He's like, you know, he, he, I thought it was quite realistic. I bought the idea that he was a because uh, I got he was like, like a lonely planet traveler writer, or like when you read it because I just finished a Hunter S. Thompson book, ah, and uh, and his books are kind of 
semi-biographical. Yes. And that that so I just pictured that's the sort of character he was, where he would he would walk around in a suit, in a sweaty suit all day, because he's a journalist. He's a proper journalist. <laughs> that's what we do. I love the idea that in, in a conversation, you know, like in a, if it came down to a death match, whether you'd back Michael Vartan's Pete McKell or Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> in the battle of the biographical tra- 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 travel writers. Hunter S. Thompson would eat him for lunch. <laughs> uh, yes, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that sentiment. Not, well, after the the croc has, has tried himself, obviously. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if uh, Ms. Michael Vartan had some booze, he would have been a lot more uh, charismatic and, and, and lovely, but he was, there was nothing. All he got was a, was a very creepy outback shack. Yes, yeah. I wasn't expecting that establishment to have a cappuccino machine, to be honest with you. No, no, it was a bit... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't look like the type of place that served coffee. <laughs> Lattes. <laughs> Well, that um, I, I thought that I read actually that all the you know all the the pictures on the walls in there, they're all um, genuine. Yeah, apparently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is scary as. So in that sense, this is quite real as well. And I quite like that they when we get to the croc itself, they didn't pick a stupid, stupid size for it. Like they have caught crocs of this dimensions in that area of Australia before. Yeah, so it does so root they, it in a bit yeah. of realism. Yeah, they went with the max, so the maximum is like twenty five feet or something, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like that's what they went with. The opening bit with all the papers being true. Uh, I bet the I wonder what the Australian Tourist Board thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the same as when they when they saw Wolf Creek was stop, coming out. Like, oh no, them. it's McLean. It's another McLean movie. Stop <laughs> telling them they all get <laughs> by crocodiles. Stop it. <laughs> Don't put a don't put an image of a twelve year old boy getting devoured by a crocodile. <laughs> it doesn't make me think like kids. Pack your bags. We're going. <laughs> We're going now. Taxi's leaving. Put your suits on. We've got a twenty four hour flight to get on. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Absolute idiot. Travel writer doesn't know how to travel. Rubbish. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. When they get, because they eventually get on this boat, and it's um, the host of the tour is Rada Mitchell's Kate, and it looks so so sweaty. Oh yeah, and hot this place. There's flies everywhere. Oh, I love the flies. The flies are ace. That looking at it, it just makes you feel sweaty and grubby, and I, I love that. I like. I really like the film's aesthetic. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It looks really really good. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, we don't really get a flavour for the personalities on the boat until bad stuff begins to happen, but we can kind of sort of gloss over this. They have... Oh, actually, no, while this is happening, I'd like to bring up the, the score, if I could. What do you guys make of the score? I liked it the more it went on. Because, me too, me too. I mean, I'll probably speak about it more when we get to the sort of end of the film, because it just kind of plodded on for the for the most part, but I thought it was really, really strong. I agree. It got really, like, Hitchcockian towards the end with the... yeah. Um, the violins, the sharp violins and, and whatnot. But... Yeah, to get those uh, violin sounds, uh, si, they brought in uh, knitting needles and put them on the strings, basically. So perhaps your nana with her scary penchant for scary movies went down to the... Uh, <laughs> brought her knitting with her. Would not be surprised. Not be surprised. <laughs> Here you go, love. She's not Australian. <laughs> My nana doesn't really knit, but she probably would have got an equal uh, use out of the empty cans of special brew she would have had. <laughs> oh, God, poor nana. <laughs> 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 
broadsided. Absolutely <laughs> broadsided. She, she now and again treats herself to a little kind of special brew. She loves it. <laughs> That's fighting juice where I come from. Have you ever had that stuff? I've never had it. I have had. I once had a kind of special brew on a Christmas do because it was in my. Uh, it was like what I ended up with in Secret Santa was like there was various alcohol and one of which was a can of special brew. Oh. It sent me west. <laughs> no way. I was so pissed. <laughs> I'm obviously so sheltered. I'm going to have to. Sorry, kids. Daddy's going to get a four pack of special brew next time we go out. Yeah, it's uh, and then and then should we do a record after that? Loopy juice, total loopy <laughs> juice. Going back to like the characters in the boat, like you say that we don't really get to them until the crow, but we kind of do because yeah, we do, we do. So you get the yeah the, the the cocky prick with his camera, uh, and then but then the best thing I found was how the solitary Irish person because I love how there's just an Irish person on the road. The actress who played her, her surname is Island. So she's called Celia Island. So it's like, (laughs) it was definitely Friday afternoon for the casting director. And he's we've got to cast this Irish bird. What are we going to do? It's like, pick the one called Island. Let's go for a fucking pint. (laughs) (laughs) Those tinnies ain't going to drink themselves. Yeah, you screen testing with the director, Celia. In you go. What's your name, please, darling? <laughs> My name is Celia Island. That's exactly what I'm looking for. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's, Miss McLean is much more uh, professional than Adela's <laughs> Rigorous in his casting decisions. Uh, yeah, that's, you're right. I, I only felt like the characters really came into their own a little bit later, but maybe I was being... Because, to be honest, I was really pre- preoccupied with the scenery being amazing, but also I love the slow build of stuff like this. You know, yeah. when you know bad stuff is coming and I really like the... Because um, I've got the score in my head now, that the sweep of the score as it goes around the river bends and that sort of like... It felt like the score was like holding your hand as you were going through on that same journey with yeah. them. Yeah, it was having a um, lovely old time on the Jungle Cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. delightful. It was like yeah. being at Disneyland, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, with crocodiles jumping out the water and to eat scraps of meat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's where we meet John Jarrett, who's a widower, who's um, craftily bunging in spoonfuls of his uh, cremated wife, I assume, <laughs> as we're going along, you know. I like the idea that he's baiting the crocs, and he's just like <laughs> Mick Taylor in disguise from Wolf Creek, and he's like, determined to get all these tourist murders, because that's his M.O. <laughs> like, a really extremely sort of out-of-date chum that he's using, you know, <laughs> Uh, it's an outback shared universe, mate. Did it before Marvel. Did it before him. Exploitation, <laughs> uh, isn't it? Exploitation. <laughs> that's the word, isn't it? That's the word. Um, and before too long, I mean, it's about half an hour in, isn't it? I mean, this movie doesn't go on forever, does it? It's another um, blink. Not blinking, you'll miss it, but it's right. In the sweet spot, 99 minutes, 95? Yeah. I can't remember which film we were talking about, but James said the whole perfect three-act structure. Yeah. I think Rocky Four. Yes, it was, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> but this is, this is, like, to the minute, spot on. So yeah, the yeah. first 30 minutes are this intro to the characters, the boat cruise, and then as soon as it hits 30 minutes, that's when you see the shadow of the crocodile. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and then that's when that middle section kicks in. Yeah, the only thing I like the tension wasn't as 
fraught as I thought it should have been, could have been and should have been. Yes. Um, yeah. Is that in the lead up or, or when it all goes down? I think all, all the way, really. Yeah, yeah. I didn't find it scary in the least at all at any point. I no, was not, I, I, I was not at all afraid. I, I enjoyed the tension towards the end, but um, I know what you mean. I wasn't. I was more excited. I was excited. It had nice but I wasn't, set pieces. Like, that's not me slagging it off, but yeah. I didn't find it scary, and that's possibly... Maybe that's just me. I just don't find big monsters scary, and this is, even though it's sort of, even though it's sort of like based in uh, based on a true story in terms of a massive crocodile that hunted people on the river and what have you. Yeah, it is essentially a monster movie at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I think I can think of two reasons why I don't think it managed to be as scary as it could have been, um, but. I, I, so just to preface this, I think that what happens is that the the boat crashes into some rocks. They end up on an island, and the really nice stakes razor is that the tide is rising. Yeah, that's great. That's and really good. Puts yeah. a ticking really clock good, in, yeah. the, in the. Uh... Yeah, I think anything that makes something urgent like this will always make it more dynamic, interesting, exciting. And um, although I couldn't, you know, I'm gonna add a third thing because I, I all these people seem to forget that crocs are pretty fine on land. <laughs> you know, it could yes. have just come yeah, out yeah, and had yeah, yeah. a, a, a little wander around with them on that little, you know, and picked them off one by one. But they, they seem to be, you know, the film was built around the fact that you can't go in the water, can't go in the water. Well, crocs aren't bound to that. They can get out of the water anytime they like. And the other thing, well, two other things was the first person to get eaten is Everett. Um, oh, be- before we get on to people getting eaten, though, Rob, I, I, I must, oh, I must yeah, backtrack yeah. you slightly. How dare you overlook the star of the biggest grossing movie of all time in Sam Worthington and his naked ass that we see before all the stuff goes down. (laughs) How dare you show a bit of bloody respect to Jake Sully. I'm so sorry, yeah. Do we see his naked ass? I do not remember any bare bums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, but only bloody moons him. (laughs) (laughs) He shows him his bum cheeks. Uh, yeah, that's our introduction to the character in all the 12 minutes of screen time we get of Sam Worthington yeah. in this film. Yeah. <laughs> the Australian hillbilly. Um, yeah. I actually quite like him in this. I liked him. I thought he was good. He's yeah, really yeah, he's good. Fine. Yeah, fine. yeah, no, absolutely fine. Just not enough of him. Because um, I quite like... Uh, oh, we're jabbing all over the place, aren't we? But um, it's all right because we're freewheeling. It's all good. Um, but um, yeah, Everett gets eaten um, and he is a married man uh, on the boat and he just gets sort of pulled into the water behind him and no one sees what's going on, apart from the flick of a tail as it goes down. I liked and that. I thought, I thought like, that was ace. Like, oh, the the characters saw uh, it, but the audience didn't. I thought I really liked that aspect of it. And that's probably due to budget I, more than anything else. Probably is. It's definitely but, due to budget, but it's been... I don't want, I don't like to be negative on this pod. You know, that, that's the no, complete no. opposite of what we're trying to do. And I missed it. I had to rewind it because I was like, what just happened? I didn't. I have no idea what happened. Do you see the chap and he just gives a resigned expression and then it cuts away and then you hear a really vague sound effect. Then it cuts back too quick and you don't really know what's happened. Um, That's true. I, I didn't think anyone was bothered enough about what happened. I mean, it, like that, that should be a moment where... Because I think like it, 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 we... Within about three seconds of it happening, we, we've moved forward and everyone's looking at the water. No one's screaming or anything like that. We no just move forward a few hours, died. don't we? And it like, goes dark. Yeah, yeah no, no one. No one's bothered. Yeah. 
And especially because he's the first one to be killed, what is it? that should be a massive, massive, like, holy fuck, someone's just been eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they would have nailed that bit, it would have made the rest of the film way better for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that, I definitely. Mean, Obviously, you know, if you do a movie like this about a big sea monster picking people off, you're not going to get away from comparisons with Jaws, and I think that they know that. So they're trying to do the yeah. don't show the monster element that Spielberg did to such magnificent effect back in the 70s. Yeah. What they're missing here is they're missing those jump scares that are inherent in Jaws as well and the horror of the actual attack so you don't yeah, see anything. Yeah, yeah. So there's no Ben Gardner head in a boat situation yeah like jump yeah, scare i can't true. there was not a single jump scare in this entire film i i couldn't understand that at all no that's right like stick a jump yeah. scare in like when he rolls him under why not have him bob up on the other side of the island to go around to see him and he's like oh god the half of him's missing or whatever you know like yeah yeah no understood yeah um uh, but i i liked the execution of that but then they didn't capitalize on it for me yeah like yeah it's like it's big it's got it's gone and then it's like what simon's saying it's like right now get me get me i like right you've made that decision not to show the croc at all that's absolutely fine i know what you're doing there but then right where's the horror well he's just gone yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean so the group are sort of mourning slash not mourning the loss of Everett uh, when <laughs> when uh, they're sort of being extremely indifferent to the loss of Everett. When uh, Sam Worthington's boat comes round the corner and they found him and they're all smiling on the on the on the bank. You know they're all going like, "Yay, they're here, they're here!" You know, again, the horror of what they've just seen isn't really conveyed, is it? Well, you'd be smiling as well if the star of the biggest grossing film of all time just came round on a speedboat with his <laughs> with his stupid little mate to pull you off a little tiny island. Uh, but they get they soon get booted off the boat, don't they? Yes, by the crocodile. <laughs> from this point on, I I was I really liked it. From this point on, yeah, everyone kind of like t- makes fun of Sam Worthington because he he came over to Hollywood and he's. He was in this little film. I don't know if you've heard of it called Avatar. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> Went under the radar, yeah, that one. I don't, yeah, I've not seen it myself. No, I have too, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then he was in Salvation, which I think is... Uh, I really love Salvation. I think it's amazing. I, I, I do. I, I like Salvation. I really, yeah. really like it. But everyone likes to poke fun of him. They think he's a bit of a... He's got a bit of a charisma bypass. I think he's great in this. Yeah, he's good. Obviously, when this came out, he wasn't as big a star as he is now. Yeah. Mm. Or was two years later. But then watching this back as going, oh, he is the big star. He is going to be the Tom Jane of this film in terms of like the Tom Jane from Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Uh, he's the yeah. one who knows the the sort of science behind the animal and the, the nature of it. And uh, he's, yeah. he's the expert on what's actually going to, he's going to get them out of this tricky situation. Um, yeah. And then it doesn't really uh, last that long, does it? Also, <laughs> well, no, he, he gets to do some some serious hero stuff because as the tide's going in, they they realise they've got to try and get over to the other side of the yeah, river. Yeah, they're on a tiny little island. We should say at this point, yeah. And it's a tidal river, so the tide is rising. Yeah, again, I mean, it's like it's like having a plate of uh, chicken dippers floating around in a hot tub for this thing. I mean, the, like the the croc can come out and get them at any point. <laughs> he can just reach out, grab them at any point. But anyway. <laughs> They decide they're going to take this rope across the river and tie it up. And Worthington and um, Vartan do some lovely alpha male jostling. You know, um, 
you're not, you know, you're not as bad as you look, mate, and all this kind of stuff. And I quite, quite like all that. But this is after, you know, you were saying, say about how Worthington's playing that role that gives you a bit more information. I like it when I learn something totally new about, you know, in these films. I like to be, I like in any film, I like to learn something new. But I loved it when he t- he said to Kate as an aside, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to come back because it's tagged us now. Yeah, and like it's yeah. like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, we've been tagged as a as a food source, an active food supply, and that's like, oh man, that that really for me that was another little ratchet on the tension thing. Yeah, yeah. That well, it's not just going to get full and not come back to you. It knows that it can stock up for you know, it can fill the shelves with you lot. Yeah, <laughs> I love that as well. I love that bit. And then when they set up the rope, so uh, Worthington swims across like really, really. Terrified and slow, propelled by farts. I think because he's so scared. <laughs> Balls the size of oranges as he's like swimming across the this little part of the river. Um, I love this bit. I love this bit. I did. This, yeah, this, it, really it's good. So good. This bit. Like, I, I do wish they they would have eked up the tension a wee bit, but um, you know, you you get the foreshadowing earlier of where they're doing the tourist bit, and there's. The, the other tourist boat teasing the crocodile and he's jumping out the water to get something called yeah. high. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's not good. This crocodile's massive. He's going to eat them. He's going to eat them like a kebab, like it's a little kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Can I chuck out there that I thought it was beautifully shot, this bit as well? Yeah. yeah. Like really like really nice lighting, really, really um, beautiful. Uh, it's just totally beautiful to watch. And it also made me think as well, like, God, how good, you know, like when... When they hit the stride, how good are creature movies? Yeah. This is why I go to the cinema, because it's pure escapism, this. Watching heroes and villains in scenarios that are um, ones you'd never expect. And and the setting here is not a common one for a horror film. You know, we've had the odd osploitation film, as we've mentioned, but you're not going to get this too often. You know, like a setting like this. There's a lot to really like about it. And I, think, I do think it's, on the whole, shot really, really nicely. I love the excuse of lighting because it's when it goes nighttime they're like oh shit how can we have light on this place because they're in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah and the way they got around it was having the tour boat was raked up against a rock with the floodlights on yeah yes right, oh yeah, i didn't yeah. even notice that it was so subtle i didn't even notice that's brilliant so that was the explanation of how that island they were all lit because there was this about what was cracked up on the rocks with the floodlights on. I, I love, I love stuff like that. It's like it's really yeah. No, but that's really, but that's that's problem solving in a story and cinema sense, isn't it? How do we make sure we can actually see what's going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's solved in the on the page, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That'll have been solved on the page and not not yeah. Most of it is at night, isn't it? Like because when they mm, mm. when they realise the tide's getting higher and. They're like, oh shit! As soon as night comes, we're a bit fucked because we don't know when the tide's gonna come because the tour guide doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and then Sam Worthington suggests he does, but then yeah, we get to this rope bit, and you, you you're fully expecting the terrified. Uh, she, she's she's the American. She's part of the American family, isn't she? The one who goes over. Yes, first, she is. Whose husband has just been killed, and she doesn't seem to care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's, she's like, I'm not dying too. Get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. You're going like. She's gonna get it. She's totally gonna to get it. She stops halfway through. They're all panicking, and then no, he goes for Sam Worthington, and then he just kills Sam Worthington. I was like, uh, oh, yeah, shit, no, fuck. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I wasn't. And I thought that the it was a good 
a good death as well. Like, um, and this for me was um one of those times where I think I like the croc effects in this film. I think they were good, but I think the fact that so much of it happened in darkness was a blessing. Yeah, you know, like because you can really get away with so so much yeah. more than if it was in broad daylight all the time. We're fifty three minutes in, and we still haven't seen the crocodile. We've we've seen it kill two people. Uh, Sam Worthington and that the poor American dude who, for all I know, like could have just been abducted by aliens at that point because I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> we, uh, we don't know. We yeah. Don't know. Um, the croc might have been the only witness. And then we actually see the crocodile in its full CG glory when uh, um, Mr. Yellow Shirt... They all get across the river, so they all manage to, to get across. No, the water, it, it falls. Sorry, Si. The rope breaks, doesn't it? Because, the uh, what's his name? Neil, his character's called, loses every single one of his mental materials and risks everyone's <laughs> garbage by going, right, we've all got to go, we've all got to go. And they start climbing across and then the rope snaps, doesn't it? And they all have to swim back. Oh, shit. No, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I've got well ahead. I, I've gone to the fishing. Nah, no worries, to, man. No worries, man. Fish, I, I've totally jumped forward. Uh, see, that's another good bit. Anyway, yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, you're right. And, and then he, he has that awful moment of contrition, doesn't he, when he realises he's risked everyone's lives. And nearly got everyone killed. And then he gets a pretty direct arm surgery. Yes, he certainly does. And well-deserved as well. Well-deserved, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, but it was in front of his wife and kid, you know. <laughs> it was t- and again, they're not all that bothered, really, are they? You know, again, this is the stakes. If the stakes are high, when the worst happens, let me know the worst has happened. So then yes, the stakes exactly. will stay high. Yeah. If no one's bothered about it, it's like, oh, meh, one of us is going to die. Meh. Well, you know, see what happens. At this point, they've all gone back to that bit. And then we're talking about the British guy who gets eaten, right? Does a British guy get eaten? I, I think he's Australian, but I thought he was British, to be honest with you. No, they're, yeah. no, they're, they're, they're British. I thought they were Australian. They're two posh they? British people. Are they? They're a posh British family. They are. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They are, so you're right, yeah, they are, they are. Mia Wazikowska's yeah, family yeah, yeah. British people. Are they? Oh, right. Because they, oh. they were played by Australian actors. I just assumed they were Australians doing weird accents, some <laughs> local dialect that I didn't understand. No, and again... It might I, be. I, the... I, I got them as really posh people because <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm so bored of when like people think that's how English people talk because they're just like super posh. Yeah. Or behave. Or behave. You know, like... Um, Screw you guys, I'm going to jump on the rope and risk and everyone's then he life. Get, yeah. And then he gets, uh, that's when we first see the crocodile, when he gets absolutely snapped. Yeah, yeah. which is it comes up, doesn't it? And like proper reveal. Which is really good. Again, like, that looks yeah. amazing. I was like, Liked it, yeah. There may not be any jump scares as such, but that did sort of make me go, oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I rewound yeah, it to watch yeah. it again because I thought it looked amazing. It looked really good. Yeah, I did the same. And I loved it when it chucked him backwards um, and then went to get it. And he had that horrible, like, bleh, 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 before being <laughs> pulled under the... Oh, I loved it. I loved it. That horror... Oh, yeah, it's great. It's quite a fitting death really because if he is British, right, he just... went full gammon, didn't he? Like, he got on that rope. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did. He did. He went all pink and went all like, we're the British, we'll do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we, are we, we making full... Rogue a metaphor for Brexit? <laughs> the kid and the mum left behind again. 
I mean, their husband just got ingested in front of them and they're not all that, you know, it doesn't really register as something too terrible, really. He kind of deserved um, it, though, so maybe they, they're on the same page as the audience. <laughs> maybe they're sick of him as well. <laughs> and then um, you've got a lovely scene between Vartan and Mitchell. Um, sorry, we're bouncing between actors' names and character names, but you know who I mean. And then I've written down here, I like Vartan. He's one of my boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards I put genuine eyes. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really eyes. liked it. Um, Sounds like a lovely Phil Collins <laughs> single or B-side. <laughs> genuine eyes. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I, I found a bit in, in the air tonight just then as we were laughing about where Genuine Eyes could fit in lyrically, but I'm not going to do it, so don't worry about that. Um, no, you have to do it now. <laughs> You've just teased it. No, I would have done I would have done the drums as well, so no, it can't be done. Um, yeah, then and then they decide they're going to um, distract the croc with some bait and they all look around what is what is the bait going to be? And everyone looks at the dog, <laughs> the, the cute dog who's called Kevin. <laughs> what a dog's name. Give, giving animals human names, like proper human names, is he'll, he'll never not be funny. Like, what if you called your hamster Clive? Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Even better is like the real name of the, the of the dog who played it is called Patch the Wonder Dog. <laughs> Why don't you just keep that name? <laughs> Don't take that away and call it Kevin. He's trying to get away from the Wonder Dog Kevin. image and play a dog that's a bit more rooted in reality, a bit more down to earth. Right, give over. Give it. I'm not. Because <laughs> honestly, right, I've got to be. This is again. We've talked about a lot of positives this, of this film, but I don't think that one of the positives are the names of people in it. So can I just read you out the names of people, please? Kate, Pete, Neil, Mary Ellen, Simon. Gwen. What's wrong with Simon? <laughs> Nothing wrong with Simon. Nothing wrong with Simon. Nothing wrong with Simon. Alan. Colin. I mean, Kevin. Did not... Simon, this is with the greatest of respect. What do you want them to be called? <laughs> I don't know, but like... I, I like escapism. I know every single one of them in real life. <laughs> I want my escapism. <laughs> Give me a name. Call the dog... Call the dog Patch the Wonder Dog, not, not Kevin. <laughs> I forgot the dog was called Kevin. Because all I could think of was the mum from Home Alone going, Kevin! 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 <laughs> she would have a proper screaming fit at the end when she sees what happens to poor Kevin. Ooh. Oh, I know, I know. Well, this is the thing, right? Um, I was talking to um, an author recently and he's had a massive breakout book. And he said that, I said to him, like, what do you get people getting in touch about the characters in it and asking what they do? And he said, yeah, the one character everyone gets in touch about is the dog. They just, they are militant about the dog. And if anything happens to the dog, they've said they're going to stop getting the whole series if the, something happens to this dog. So he said, like, to be honest, like, I'm, I'm writing this hard-bitten detective series and all I know is the dog has got to survive or I'm going <laughs> to lose my readership. And, he, and we got talking about, like, apparently it's a massive thing in, in storytelling that you, the dog can't die. You can't have something bad happen to the dog. So I'm so glad what happens to it here. It's liberating. <laughs> Independence Day point for, uh, is probably the most one of the more famous uh, mm. examples, mm. isn't it? He manages to 
survive an alien attack by jumping into a store cupboard. <laughs> a nuclear approved survival store cupboard, it seems. <laughs> With no door on it. Uh, anyway, the idea that, that they use um, the geezer who's got... Um, oh, his name's Simon as well, Si. The guy who risks his life for a six-pack of beer... So I'm, I like this guy already. And he, he's using his night vision to monitor the and scene. And he succeeds. He succeeds. Uh, and um, <laughs> he gets some ducks and puts them on a great big grappling hook. And f- suddenly we're fishing for a croc. And I love all that. I love that tension. I love the the build-up. I love it all. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. And uh, and, and Pete sort of uh, volunteers himself to be the, the, the fisherman, as it were. And he... He's the one who's like baiting it and and gonna hold it in while everyone can save themselves while they yeah. distract the croc with his genuine eyes. With his genuine earnest eyes. <laughs> Honestly, right? This is how bad I am. I watched this film about two hours ago, and I've totally forgot what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so right, so they most of them get across, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. All, like all the sort of handful. Uh, tourists, the ones who haven't been killed already, do get across, and uh, it suddenly becomes, you know, because in my in my head I was going, all of these people are going to get killed. We're going to be left with the two main leads, and they're going to snog at the end of it, and then that's going to be that, and all these tourists get killed. But I wasn't given the satisfaction of all these tourists getting eaten in disgraceful ways. Yes, apart from Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, because Kevin gets Kevin gets a really good death as well. I really like that. Kevin gets the best death in the whole film. He does, yeah. How good is that? <laughs> Not only did the movie kill the dog, they gave him the best death. This movie gets my vote just because of that. That's the trade-off. If you're going to kill a dog, you have to do it right. But, but I love it. Uh, can I just... Just before this happens, um, and they're all waiting for the croc to take the bait, which he does, um, John Jarrett goes and makes a bit of an inappropriate play on a... On a freshly widowed lady. <laughs> I, yeah, like, like, yeah. I've, I've got. I, this is this is what I wrote down in my notes. The guy in the hat is cracking onto the British lass whose husband died like an hour ago, <laughs> <laughs> and she's also terminally ill. Yes, she's. Uh, yeah, and then he does a lovely. But her facial expression said she quite fancied it because maybe this is why she's not that bothered. Her husband died because she makes a suggestion that she's been trying to get out that marriage yes, for a while. Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've put down here Wolf Creek murderer and recent widow. Slightly inappropriate. <laughs> 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 and then he does a lovely, um, the Wolf Creek murderer does a lovely backwards doggy paddle with the cancer survivor, you know, going backwards through the water to save them. Because obviously the crook, yeah, she, she can't swim. She can't swim, yeah. can she? Because... Yeah, because she's like, oh, save my daughter, who is a very young Mia Wasikowska before she's like yeah. super famous. So she goes off and swims. And then, yeah, she can't swim, but then old uh, Tashman, <laughs> hero that he is, trying to, try to get get in into bed with someone whose uh, husband has literally no, he's literally in the worst way imaginable. <laughs> I will I will not have you besmirch Russell's good name in this fashion. It's absolutely outrageous. You're reading too much into that moustache for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like, um, sorry, uh, slightly um, 
more technical comment this, I suppose. Um, the economy um, of storytelling at this point is really good. Uh, everything's barreling along. You know what you were saying about the three-act structure before as well? It's like, it's so... Yeah. Time to perfection, and you know that things are ramping up here when everyone gets in the water, and you hope it works out all right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just pure storytelling. I really like it. It's not complicated. It just is what it is. I have an issue with the storytelling as we get into the second of most of the second act and the third act is that I think that uh, Rada Mitchell is completely shortchanged. Yes, I agree from with that. What, the way that she's set up in the first act. Yeah. Why does she have to become a damsel in distress for this vacuous guy you to come and save down a layer? Why can't she be the hero? Totally agree. It felt like it should have been the other way around, doesn't it? Because it would have been amazing if it'd been the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And more logical. She's actually got experience in the bush. He came to Australia in a bloody suit for Christ's sake. He didn't <laughs> save anyone. In about five minutes' time, he's wandering around in a saltwater crocodile's den in a lovely Armani Del Monte suit. <laughs> By Simon's theory, he's come straight from a wedding. He's not even slept. <laughs> He's still got the bag of favours in his pocket. <laughs> if he, you know, when the croc goes near, if he confetti the croc, piece of then fruit that cake. Yeah. <laughs> his and hers. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I would have preferred it if she, and because, like, um, obviously at this stage we're watching it in a post Avatar Sam Worthington being a sort of big Hollywood actor. But when they were making this movie, surely Rada Mitchell is the most yeah, is the most famous. And I was mm. certain that in the first act, he's setting her up to be like the heroine, but she just becomes a damsel in distress and it's kind of it's kind of rubbish. Not that the film's rubbish, they're just a the story decision. I just Oh no, no, I, 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 I know I know I do know what you mean. I do know what I mean. But I don't think um I don't think Vartan is set up well enough for her to go and risk her life for. I think she is. So I think Vartan recognises her qualities and, the, uh, you know, again, the sort of the sensation that he feels he should do something for her, whereas I don't think that would be the case in reverse, perhaps. They kind of set that up because the only reason they go to that part of the the river is because they see a flare, yeah. don't yeah. they? And she is the one who says, like, I have to go and help. Oh, yeah, people. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it, you get that sense that she would help save. Oh, I know, yeah, absolutely. Because they're that, on that her tour, basically, yeah. Yeah, that, very true, very true. Now, that isn't a slight on her character. It's more more to discuss how uh, Vartan's character wasn't as developed as Kate's was. Yeah, exactly. So he shouldn't be the hero. He should be the damsel in distress, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, no, I'd think. agree with that. I'd agree yeah. with that. And it, it could have led to a better success for the film if it was that if case, it did like that. a yeah like a like a ripley or a, yeah yeah you know your your other sort of heroine you know usually seen in sci-fi films or jennifer lopez from anaconda yeah um <laughs> you know whoa, the, whoa. the hero the what hero a movie woman. what a movie you know it, it, if they, if it would have flipped it a bit then it may have had a bit more going for it rather than a sort of generic sort of ending and as you say james damsel in distress sort of thing um, I didn't think about that when I watched it, but that's that's pretty spot on, that, I think. It is, yeah. Very good point. What you could have done is you, Vartan could have had the big hero moment because he's already distracting the croc yeah. with the fishing and they're all scurrying or swimming away and what have you. But then he could just be like, you know, one of he sees one of the uh, swimmers get into trouble and he, like, 
distracts a crocodile so that it takes him and he gets like that big hero moment he gets dragged under into yeah, the yeah. layer. And then Kate basically goes and finds him with the help of Kevin. Oh, yeah, keep Kevin involved. Kevin! Be- and then because... Um... Oh, Kevin has to get eaten because that's the best bit of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I love dogs. I love dogs. I have never seen a dog murdered in this way on screen. <laughs> I'm going to put my uh, speculation station hat on. Considering Vartan was a American actor, somewhat big Hollywood, maybe they demanded it changed. I don't oh, know. Oh it no! Feels uh, like we'll never know, I suppose. But well, I, I, as I say, speculation, complete conjecture. But it wouldn't be surprising. It feels if it like was, a script note, doesn't yeah. it? If it was a case of a script note change, because everything's set up for her to be the hero. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's not. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. It might have been a case of the people funding the movie because you're going from a, a writer-director who's going from one one million to 20 million. Yeah. Yeah. From his first to next film. the That that second one was obviously funded by, backed a bit more by American studios. Yeah. And it does smell like that, to be honest. It smells like a case of, you can't have this. You got to change it. So, they, so our American guy's the hero. You got to do that. <laughs> So they've so they've changed it for that to tailor that reason. Yeah, awful uh, American studio accident. Are we allowing to ourselves to be clouded by the horrible monster that is the executive producer on this particular film? No, is that, I didn't I didn't is even it, know it was until you mentioned. It, is it a Weinstein movie? Yeah, it is, didn't know. Yeah, it it's a dimension a movie, right. which is the horror offshoot. Right, of, right, of, of course. Of yeah. No, I'm, I missed that totally. Yeah. Missed that totally. But I'm glad I did because it didn't cloud me at all. Yeah, it would have been way way better. And because then both of them would have come would come across brilliantly, wouldn't they? You know, like sustainedly brilliantly, actually, as yeah. you describe it. You think he's died for being a hero because you know he's been doing the sort of baiting yeah. thing, and then exactly how James has described it sounds way way better. And I it wouldn't does. be surprised if if that's what that was the original screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved um, the, the the bit I loved most about that whole section of them crossing the river was when. Kate went into the river and she got grabbed by the croc and the croc did that barrel roll, you know, the, the death roll there. Oh yeah. That was one of, oh, that yeah, was that's one of the great, great yeah, effects yeah. in this film. That, Cause that, it was properly whip smart. They've obviously done loads of research on the croc here, um, you know, to get the biology and the natural history side of things right here. Yeah. Cause that looked amazing. Yeah, that did look good. It did. And again, it surprised me as much as when Sam Worthington got it, that she, seemingly got killed and yeah. you're like oh fuck that's the two big big leads of god yeah, yeah yeah and that's the thing as well right if you go i was genuinely surprised when she got dragged under because as i said i thought she was being set up for the hero right if you do that and you surprise me with that don't then cop out and she's alive in some underground layer right either commit to her being murdered by a croc or let her be the hero it's like it, it was just that's why where I start to have problems. I've loved it up until this point, yeah. to be honest with you. I've really, really enjoyed the movie. And then I'm like, oh... And I could see it coming in the second act as well. She was being really sidelined by the male characters. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's just going around comforting all the people who aren't that bothered that her spouses are being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, she's sort of being pushed to the side as sort of like a nurse. She's, she's offering extremely unwanted grief counselling. Yeah, yeah. Either kill her off and commit to it, or let her be the hero, which I think, I think uh, you know, we've done a bit of detective work there on the FYI, uh, on the For Your Reconsideration pod, and I think we're onto something. I think there's been a script note Do you there. Do think there has been? Uh, meant, well, I, like, we'll make the movie, but switch the two people around who were in the third act. I like, I, 
Yeah, go on, Sai. I'm still getting my head worked out on this. I think that would make for a way better film, and it would it would make for a more successful film. I think. I agree. You change the title of the film. You have that third act where she is actually the hero because she's the Steve Irwin tour guide. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been way more memorable, I think. So what we're saying is this would have been a massive success if people were now saying, have you seen that Rada Mitchell movie, Crocodile? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yes. exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rather than the Markel, Mar- Michael Vartan starring Rogue. It already sounds better. It already sounds better, literally. When we're in that underground lair, I, I do love the... I mean, I guess it's half prosthetics, half CGI. Yes, it is, yeah. But when he finds chomped up Sam Worthington with no arm... Oh, and then yeah, he, yeah. And then he does find uh, Kate. Yeah, it's, that's really good. Uh, that's really She's really in a good. bad state in there, isn't she? I mean, she's got exposed guts and rib cages and all sorts going on at that point. It's, it's very, very bad. Yeah, the leg is bad, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Slight segue into real life here. Have you guys... Because this... Actually, the fact that we're talking about this, about um, male alpha... Sorry, not male. Main alpha predators taking food back to a lair to eat later on. Have you picked this story up about the the guy in Russia and in a bear den this week? No. No. Oh. Current affairs. Current affairs, literally, right. This um, guy out walking his dog out in the wilds of Russia, uh, the dog walks past a... um, like a hole at the bottom of a tree um, and start, won't stop barking, won't stop screaming, won't stop going. Like Kevin. It, honestly, you won't believe the similarities. <laughs> they go down there and they find it's a massive, um, it's a bear's den, a massive den with loads of, you know, dead stuff in it. But right at the back of it is a geezer who who got was out for a walk got his back broken by a bear and was dragged off to eat later on. And he'd been lying at the back of this bear's den with a broken back, drinking his own wee for four weeks, waiting to be eaten um, when this dog found him. And, like, seriously, you can go and have a look at this online now. So this I will be, um, and I am optioning that movie. Keep your hands off it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. um, It's unbelievable, this story. Um, And the videos and pictures of this poor fella are, are... equally unbelievable but this is what happened this is like so this for me like couldn't have come at a better time that this guy got he, you yeah. know he's broke back, broke by a bear <laughs> yeah very tight no, but seriously amazing that this actually does happen it can happen that these animals that guy will be so glad that it, in- that it enhanced your viewing experience of rogue Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth getting dragged underground and having his back broken by a fucking I mean, bear could you, could you imagine <laughs> I thought I thought what Rada Mitchell had gone through was bad. I mean, that is a month waiting to get eaten alive. Yeah, good. Jesus God. Christ. Yeah, that is that is unreal. So Rada Mitchell got off quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kevin finds this uh, hole in the ground, much like the brilliant dog in Siberia did, and they uh, they find the the Crocs lair, which was great. I love that finale. It felt like the end levels boss. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I really yeah. liked. It. Again, I I felt it was missing a bit of like scare. It was missing a bit of tension, missing a bit of scares. It could have been way way better. But the when Kevin gets eaten and he he goes he he wanders oh, off and yeah. you just hear. 
Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, the dogs, the dogs are lovely, lovely. And then he comes back in, and it's the first one you see the crocodile actually eat something. Oh yeah. And it's and its leg breaks and its jaws. It's great. It is great. I love the way that they introduce uh, the croc. You hear it and you see a shadow before you see it as well when it comes into the lair of like a shuffle because it's doing that. It's dragging itself along, and then you hear the uh, the slide like as it moves forward. As it moves forward, it's great. It feels like they got the biology pretty spot on. They it they? does, doesn't it? It really, yeah. really does. I love that. And um, yeah, Vartan is is going for gold here as well. Yeah, gorgeous eyes. Well, in his suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and any tricks, you know? He seems more concerned with not squashing his wedding cake that he's got in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I I um I've got I I'll be completely honest. I really like this scene here. I don't know how this croc managed to get this prime real estate underneath this dead tree, but man, did it do well to carve out this gorgeous habitat for itself. Uh, but I I loved it all. Really enjoyed it. Are you going to tell him to move? <laughs> <laughs> Eviction notice. <laughs> I'll be wearing a three piece suit for it. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, Mister uh, Mister Jock the Croc. Would you? Uh, <laughs> you are unwanted here. Do you mind moseying on? You cannot live under this dead tree and hold your dead trophies. <laughs> bring you back from the river. Well, did you guys get the impression there were other trophies down there, other dead people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a trophy of the um, alien skeleton. Which no, 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 say, say, no. I because I, I was like, I missed it. I missed it. Didn't see it. No, um, no, no made up Easter eggs, please. <laughs> Rogue versus uh, alien versus predator. <laughs> it could just versus be versus Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I saw Travis Walton down there. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that at all. Just bumbling oh. around like an idiot. <laughs> Trying to sell his motorbikes. <laughs> not interested. Still clutching a crayon drawing of MT Motors. <laughs> Travis, Travis, I'm not interested. I'm a crocodile. Can't get on it, fuck's sake, Travis. <laughs> Can't ride a motorbike on a, on a river, you dickhead. <laughs> have you seen the fucking size of me? I'd need eight to get on it. And you have to tie them all together. You are so stupid. And I don't believe you're abducted by aliens. <laughs> Get out of my lair. Why aren't I eating you? Even the croc is bored of Travis's nonsense. <laughs> just get out. Just get out. Leave me alone. <laughs> and there and thus again expands the for your reconsideration multiverse. <laughs> the movie then ends with uh, Michael Vartan trying to get her out of there, get Radha Mitchell out of there. And then there's a really satisfying death for the croc when he gets a big fat stick and he settles back against a uh, like a big rock, and it jumps out to eat him. And again, I felt like the it all looked very real, uh, particularly the movements of the croc. It was good. Yeah, really good. Really, really liked sa- it. Really good, that ending. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really yeah. satisfying uh, sound design as well. Because when yeah. the, the crocodile's teeth are scraping on the rock, what he's on, and it's mm, like, mm. 
yeah, it's really, really. I I thought um, you know when um, it eventually did perish and he was caught between its jaws with the big stick, and he poked his little head up. I I kept thinking he was going to shout, "I got a bestseller, yo! I got me a bestseller here!" Yeah. <laughs> but imagine like 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 all it does is make it to the uh, a page in the Lonely Planet Guide to Australia. It's like uh, don't do Ryan's uh, river tours. The crocodiles are a bit hungry. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> you know, still managed to get two stars despite being dragged into the lair. Hey, he met a lovely woman, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, half of it was a good time. It was just the second half where it went off the track. Was well, he got he, he got to meet south <laughs> A list star Jake Sully, didn't he? While he was out there, so it all went well. Uh, I saw yeah. the bum of a f- famous person. I <laughs> saw <laughs> <Sort> a <of> famous... <laughs> Two stars. I'd love the pros and cons at the bottom of the review. <laughs> just like, pros, lovely Australian scenery. Cons, flies, massive man-eating crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare layer with dead trophy people. <laughs> Con dog murders. <laughs> I love you know when they're walking out. You know when you get that moment where um, in these movies where someone walks out of where they've got from, and it reminded me because of it was subterranean. It reminded me of when the the hero gets out in Neil Marshall's The Descent. Ooh, you know, yeah. love that movie. Yes. And well, that, you but think that, she gets out? Well, you, you do, she... yeah. But I'm all I'm thinking about at this point is like. How much therapy are these people going to need to even <laughs> function in the real world? I mean, you've just been pulled out of a crock nest. You aren't going to get over it in a jiffy. <laughs> but no, you've got Mitchell's wrapped up in tinfoil being helicoptered out of there and she's smiling. Their guts are hanging out underneath all that, but don't worry, she's strapped in. <laughs> she's fine. can't believe she survived, actually. I'm, yeah, I'm just, no. read, just like... In the corner of my eye, reading the storyline on IMDb, did you realise that uh, Sam Worthington was Kate's ex-husband? No! I didn't get that at all. I didn't pick that up. It's insinuated that they've had some sort of relationship. Right, I didn't right. know he was her ex-husband. But yeah. But I thought he was maybe an old boyfriend or something right, like that. Right. An old boyfriend. Oh, yes. We were we were missing the Van Damme. hundred percent. We I was. We I nearly said to you. I was nearly said to you at the beginning. Like I don't know how I'm going to get Van Damme into this. I've got no idea how I'm going to get a hard target in. But well, <laughs> I feel like uh, Michael Vartan would have fared much better if he'd worn a double denim. I the, think uh, you, <laughs> James, James, you're so on board with it now that you're doing the references. Get in. Randall's <laughs> kicking the crocodile in the yes. face with his pristine Timberland boots. <laughs> This used to be such a nice part of the outback. <laughs> Chance Boudreau would not take any guff off this crop. He would not. He would not. <laughs> uh, boys, can I get a favourite bit? Uh, my, yeah, my favourite bit, uh, one of two. Uh, let me pluck for one. I think when uh, the British guy gets eaten, yeah. I thought that was really, really executed very well because it's obvious why they're not showing the crocodile that much because it's budgetary restraints and you know you can see it's CGI for the most part. Um, but yeah, when he just gets totally iced is really satisfying and brilliant. 
I love that bit. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, my favourite moment is actually, I love all that stuff in the layer because it's just the stuff of nightmares. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Horrible. Imagine dying down there, just horrendous. Dope. Right, but there's a bit where Vartan gets stuck behind some, like, uh, strategically placed, like, roots or something like that, and the croc's, like, snapping at him and he can't get at him. So the croc does, like, a death roll thing to try oh, and break yeah, yeah. the roots and make more space for itself to get his jaws in. And I was like, oh, Christ, because that looked really good because it goes back to a wide shot and it's all CG. But what they do is quite clever, is that they shoot a lot of it night, but then the underground layer is obviously quite crocodile in texture in terms yes, of, so it yeah. sort of merges into the background. So Great point. you don't see the joins too much, really. I think that looked really good. Nice. That's where he eats his hand, isn't it? And he snaps his hand. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. <laughs> I, I've got um, my best bit. I mean, the whole bit in the nest is very cool, very gross and very... Uh, claustrophobic in a lot of ways, but I'm going to go back to the uh, the death roll uh, on on Rada Mitchell because that's the first time I've ever thought like you know like you see it in on telly you know like when you're watching natu- uh, national what's it, National Geographic and um, natural history stuff you see that quite a bit but always from above the water and to see yeah. it done in CG under the water on a human being like really caught me cold like wow that is you, you that is very lethal like, i don't it's like want ragdoll, any part. wasn't it, it was yeah really... it was it was amazing i loved it and you got such a sense of oh you can't play with that thing that's bad um but yeah, yeah. so the 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 barrel roll yeah um so for your reconsideration what we saying um for me i would say I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it for sure, and I'm glad that I've seen it. Uh, so I found it to be sort of a solid B movie that plays sort of like an Aussie Jaws for the most part. The movie has some nice high tension set pieces, and it moves along at a fair clip once the croc gets hungry. Overall, it's an enjoyable enough way to spend ninety minutes, but the lack of genuine scares present it, uh, prevent it from being anything more than a run of the mill sort of creature feature, albeit one with beautifully captured Australian scenery. So, I think if you're in the mood for a big sort of monster movie, you can do a lot worse than this one, definitely. And if you happen to have uh, the facility to stream it as well, then it's it's well worth a look. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't say like you have to own Rogue right this second. <laughs> Get the 4K special edition. But, like, I mean, what you're saying there is that... Um, I had fun the with it. ...history is it's worth a look. Yeah, it's worth a look. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. So? Um, I'm going to hit you with a review, uh, one of the few reviews what's knocking about. This is from uh, Brian uh, Jurgens from campblood.org. A lovely pun usage coming up for you. Uh, his review reads... Rock out with your crock out. <laughs> a lean, mean, and wonderfully fun little fright flick in the tradition of Jaws 2, Orca, and Deep Blue Sea. Um, I And I agree with that. I I, I enjoyed it. I, I feel it was... It needed more scares. It, 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 was, it was almost an amazing movie. Like, almost. It just needed more scares. It needed more tension. As we discussed, it needed... The heroes flipped on that third act to give it something a bit original, a bit fresh. Mm. It's a missing a few scare scenes for me to be up there with your, your good creature features. Um, but I'm glad I watched it. I'd, I'd never heard of it before. So I was glad uh, old Drew put this in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was glad to watch it. It was good. It was good to watch. Well, I, I think... Um... The purpose of what we're trying to do, isn't it, is to see whether movies in the past were given um, 
a rough ride, either either critically or commercially. Um, I I tend to not think, and as you know from the movies that I pick to watch, that I'm not really bothered about if it's like pure amazing or whatever. I love the classics, uh, cinematic classics. I love those always, but I'm always looking to be entertained. And I think that in the truest sense of for your reconsideration, did um, Rogue not find an audience? That's absolutely the truth. Never found an audience and it didn't connect like it perhaps could have done. A lot of that is due to a couple of story things, possibly. A lot of that, I think, is definitely due to the fact that two of the major croc movies came out at the same time, <laughs> uh, which probably made people think, like, it's like pot look. You wait for one croc movie. <laughs> and you got loads. But in the pure sense of for your reconsideration, should you reconsider giving this a go? It ain't perfect, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's entertaining for sure. Yeah. If you like your creature movies, you can do so much worse than this. So, um, yeah, go and enjoy it. Have a lo- have a load of fun, because I certainly did. Thank you very much, uh, Drew Henderson. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we recently did a little bit of a Twitter uh, chat about with suggestions and stuff, and it was brilliant. So please keep the suggestions coming. As you've seen, we'll actually, we'll actually do them on the pod, so it's... Um, you know, it's not futile, as they say. Keep them coming. Yeah, it's well worth putting. If you want us to have a look at a film, then uh, stick them in and we might, if we get enough, maybe we'll run a bit of a poll and you guys can decide. That'd be great. That would be amazing. Love to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so uh, give us a follow on uh, at FYR Film Pod on Twitter. Oh, yes. Thank you for listening. Um, and yes, as James says, you can always find us on Twitter at FYR Film Pod and email us at reconsiderpod at gmail.com. And if you want to send us some bloody Bonza five-star man hugs, please smash us up accordingly. Say goodbye, boys. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Toodaloo, muckers. I can hear it calling in your genuine eyes. <laughs> I can hear it. You know, I can't hear it. It's the, the lyrics. I can feel it. I had one shot at that and ruined it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I had loads of fun there, boys. I'm stopping the record. Bonza. <laughs> <laughs>